0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Voice of Change time, and I'm so excited to be here with you this afternoon. I hope that you are having a wonderful week. I hope and pray that it's been a great week, that your June is feeling good, even though, you know, we have some warm days, we have some cold days, we have some in-between days. We really don't know what to wear. We don't know what to do half the time because we kind of feel like we want to go to the beach, but we're not really sure if it's going to be windy down there. And that is how it is living in Cape Town. So I hope that you are being blessed. I hope that you're enjoying this different weather we're having and, you know, that you're just getting to, you know, just experience some goodness during this time of year. Halfway through the year, out in June the sixth month can you believe it time goes really really quickly and you know today on the show I am really really looking forward to creating awareness on the show super important that we talk about issues topics realities things affecting the world and people that we don't often talk about that we don't often hear about and this is something we're going to be addressing today on the show we are going to be talking about internally displaced people, otherwise called IDPs. Now it might surprise you to know that there are 55 million IDPs in the world today. When we talk about refugees, we have 26 million refugees in the world today. Now refugee, the refugee crisis we know is the biggest crisis of refugees that we've ever had in the history of the world. So to say, the stats speak to us and say to us that refugees, people leaving their homes, having to flee, is at an all time high. And then when we consider that people who are not refugees, but who are actually displaced within their own homes and in their own countries, within their own communities, are actually double and more that number, it just leaves us thinking what can we say about this? How can we understand it? are there solutions? And I have an incredible guest on the show with me today, Ivana Hajmanova. Now she is joining me all the way out from Geneva and let me tell you about her because she's quite phenomenal and she's really going to give us an education today. She is the regional coordinator for MENA and Sub-Saharan Africa at IDMC, and she's going to be telling you all about what IDMC is. She has a background in international law, nearly 10 years of experience in research, analysis of humanitarian and human rights crises. She's focused very much on forced displacement and migration, worked with different communities across Africa, the Middle East, and she has acquired unique insights into not only the causes of forced displacement, but also the solutions and she holds a master's degree in human rights and humanitarian action from sciences pro paris she's very fluent in so many languages it's incredible english french spanish and czech and can also communicate in arabic How's that? And so she's going to be joining me today to talk about what we should know about IDPs. And also, three weeks ago, the GRID report was released. I was super blessed to be on there and to be joining the Zoom, to be hearing firsthand the information that was released this year, the Global Report on International Displacement, looking at the figures, looking at the country, looking at the fact that these are people and these are people's lives. And so we have to talk about what is happening and let me just tell you something if you think idps are far away they are on our border in mozambique and we're going to touch on the mozambique crisis as well so don't go anywhere with me lauren jacobs on this is radio k pulpit it's voice of change and we're going to get into it so see you after some music ivana thank you so much for being with me today on voice of change it's such a great great privilege to have you here as well as to be talking about what we're going to be sharing today and, you know, it's it's so interesting when we talk about refugees, when we talk about internally displaced people as well, people often don't know the difference. But what I want to start off with asking you, firstly, welcome to the show, and you are involved with IDMC. Now, what exactly is IDMC and what exactly do you guys do? Because you do such incredible work. What is it about? Yeah.
1: Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for having us. So IDMC stands for the Internal Displacement Monitoring Center, and we are the global provider of data and analysis on internal displacement. And we also provide different recommendations on how to resolve situations of internal displacement, and provide different thematic research on different areas which are related to uh, to internal displacement.
0: Mm. And you know, when we when we hear like internal displacement it can kind of be quite confusing people don't really think of internally displaced people but before we get into that you know what really then is the difference between people who are refugees that we hear a lot about because we hear a lot about the refugee crisis that we have in our world which is a huge thing what is the difference between refugees and IDPs
1: uh, absolutely, that's a great question, which many people ask. So I'm happy to clarify this. Mm. So refugees are people who are forced to who are forced to flee from their homes, and they cross an uh, internationally recognized border. So, the reasons for their flight are different, might be conflict, violence, uh, it might be also different political persecution and, and uh, other other reasons, human rights violations, while people who are internally displaced are people who flee from their homes for the same reasons and also for the reasons such as disasters, but they do not cross an internationally recognized border. So, that's the, that's the main, and as you rightly said, we mostly talk about refugees. However, internally displaced people are uh, almost uh, double the number of refugees. So currently in the world, we have around 26 million refugees and around 55 million internally displaced people.
0: Mm. Wow. So the number is actually more than double, exactly like you said. But w- Exactly. Is there a reason we don't hear a lot about IDPs? Because obviously, I mean, we obviously hear a lot. And, and that's not to, to say that, you know, refugees are any less or you know the the issues are any less not at all but it's to say that we don't actually hear about people who are displaced within their own countries within their own communities within their own states or provinces as we say in South Africa is there a reason why we don't hear so much about it is it people are not you know kind of knowledgeable about IDPs or what's happening or is it just that it doesn't catch this huge international sort of media stream
1: I think there are many different reasons, and as you say, uh, in many cases, it just doesn't catch international headlines, and those internal displaced people remain mostly mostly hidden because a lot of the crises happen inside uh, their own countries, and many times international headlines are caught by events which have more this international sort of dimension, mm. so we hear about different... Um, displacement crisis once people are forced to cross the border and then it affects other countries as well not just the country of origin so i'm sure this is one of the main reasons why why internal displaced people are more uh, more invisible and we don't talk about them too much
0: Hmm. well and last year we know that we were dealing with obviously the COVID crisis and many countries going into lockdowns and quite strict lockdowns and people essentially we thought, and a lot of us felt, you know, we can't move around, we, are, we have to stay in our homes. I know here in South Africa it was quite a big thing for many people and the lockdown was very hard and just, you know, you have to stay where you are, you don't move around, you're not allowed to cross. But last year, you know, millions of people were internally displaced, although it was COVID and we tend to think, oh, okay, so people weren't moving around, but this is not the case. So what was really, really happening Is it true to say that there were literally millions of people that were displaced last year?
1: Yes, no, that's absolutely true. There were millions of people who who were displaced last year despite the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, also it's important to highlight that the trends of displacement change uh, significantly in in certain countries because of the pandemic. So we saw that, uh, for example, people in certain um, African countries such as Somalia, a change their patterns of uh, of displacement. So, for example, they didn't flee to the usual areas of refuge where they would uh, flee in, in other times because they were afraid of overcrowding and of uh, yeah, the easy spread of the infection. So they had to flee to other places. We also uh, saw cases when people were not able to flee because of the COVID-19 restrictions and they, they remained trapped. In, uh, in certain areas and we also saw that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic triggered sometimes new movements because of um, the restrictions being imposed on in certain countries mm. and then different armed groups were using uh, these restrictions to evict people and so on. So there were different uh, dimensions of how the COVID-19 pandemic um, influenced displacement.
0: Mm. And so although we thought that, you know, maybe things would get slightly better, it actually just created, like you said, new new patterns or new trends or new things that were happening. And so we actually had the reality of all these people now being displaced and, you know… I know that recently, about three weeks ago, GRID was released and that's the global report on internal displacement, you know, globally looking at what's happening in the world. So can you share a bit with us on what you guys really started to see when looking at GRID and looking at what was happening over the last year? Because for the listeners who maybe are really interested and are wanting to know, okay, so what does this really look like when we lay it out on paper? What, what are we talking about, you know? How did how did you guys see what did you guys see what did the stats look like how were the countries affected what was actually quite eye opening for you
1: So we uh, recorded uh, record numbers of internal displacement in the past year. We recorded at the end of the year, there were, uh, as I said, 55 million people living in internal displacement, which was the highest number we have recorded in the past decade. We also recorded uh, record numbers of new displacements, so people who were uh, forced to flee just in uh, 2020. And the number reached uh, around uh, 40 million new displacements. We also observed that uh, disasters triggered more people than, than conflict. Hmm. Out of those 40 million people who were forced to flee in 2020, around 30 million were related to disasters, and then the uh, remaining uh, 10 million to conflicts and violence. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting trend. However, uh, when we look more closely at the African continent, we see that conflict and violence is the main trigger of displacement there. And uh, disaster um, displacement is mostly concentrated in the Asia region, Southeast and South South Asia. So for the African continent, it was uh, mostly conflict displacement. And the most affected countries included the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Mm. Ethiopia, Somalia, but also the Lake Chad Basin or uh, Mozambique and newly emerging the crisis in in the Sahel. Mm.
0: And now we've seen when we talk about the Congo, which you mentioned as well, we see that, you know, this volcano eruption that happened and a large number of earthquakes happening there over the last month. And now that must obviously prove and be a huge factor in more people being displaced because we know in Congo, there's a lot of conflict and that leads to displacement. But now when we see things like natural disasters, has that really, really changed the way that things are happening in Congo? Are more people being displaced now because of this natural disaster?
1: Yeah, I mean the the eruption of the volcano in uh, in DRC forced around 400,000 people from their homes so this is um, mm-hmm. a huge number and uh, we have to also keep in mind that North Kivu this is where the eruption took place it's a region which already hosted the highest number of IDPs in the whole country They were mostly IDPs, um, which were forced to flee because of uh, conflict. But now on top of this, hundreds of thousands of people who were already displaced need to add this new displacement because of the eruption. And um, we also see now that many of these people who were displaced because of the Mm. eruption are returning uh, back home. Mm. However, there are uh, question marks about the how feasible uh, it will be for them to reestablish their lives because there were different announcements from the government saying that certain parts of the city of goma cannot be no longer populated because of the high risk of future uh, eruptions oh. so there there is a question how these people where these people will return and um what sort of uh, assistance they will need in order to rebuild their houses somewhere else so the situation is is very complex, but um, as you said, the uh, situation in in DRC, the conflict has been ongoing for many years, mm. and what we also see is that it's considered as one of the most neglected crises in the world. Mm. And uh, because of this uh, eruption, uh, we saw that a lot of media uh, media headlines who talked about this eruption, about the plight of the displaced people. So hopefully uh, this will also bring the world's attention to the crisis and uh, we will see more more interest and more, um, more um, incentives to actually resolve the crisis and work all together so that the displaced can have a better life.
0: Mm. Well, you know, I was also thinking while you were talking, is one of the solutions for displaced people to be able to return to their homes now... I know that that's probably a big question and it's probably not an easy question to answer because we know like when we saw, you know, two decades or more ago when we saw what was happening in Rwanda, for example, whole villages were destroyed and when people wanted to return, there was nothing for them to return to. You know, is is part of returning to your home, if it still exists, part of the solution? Or is it really about, you know, people establishing themselves in the communities where they find themselves in? It it seems like it could be quite, it must be a very, very difficult journey for people who are displaced. Because you could even return and there's nothing left for you to return to.
1: Yeah, no, those are great questions and absolutely there are different ways of, of what solutions mean and one of them is for people to return home if they if they wish to do so but as you say in many cases their houses are destroyed the uh, livelihood uh, no longer exists and then in that case it's important to provide enough assistance for them so that they can actually rebuild their homes they can re um, reestablish their livelihoods you need to rebuild schools in the areas of origin and then those people uh, can uh, find a solution in this in this way the the other solution would be for them as you say to to integrate to the places uh in the places to which they were displaced which is of course a preferred option for for many of them mm-hmm. and then again in that case uh, we also need to make sure that they have all the all the assistance they need in order to um, to establish their lives in the in the areas of uh, of displacement and then the, the last option um, would be also for them to to resettle somewhere else so they can also choose uh, another location where they would like to they not don't want to return and they don't want to um integrate in the areas of displacement and then of course um there's also there should be a conversation about what would what should be the right place for them to to go in that case what would they prefer and where where they could uh, they they could reestablish their life
0: mm. Wow, that's so important as well. We, You know, we're going to take a really, really quick music break. I don't want my listeners to go anywhere because Ivana is still with me after this. And we're going to get into what's happening in Mozambique as well, which is so important for us to talk about happening on our border and a lot of people being very concerned about the plight of the people in Mozambique as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you after this. You're with me here, Lauren Jacobs on Voice of Change. And today I'm joined by Ivana from IDMC. And we are talking about internal internally displaced people and we have been hearing on the show as Ivana has been sharing with us you know we have 55 million internally displaced people around the world double the amount of the refugees that we you know now is happening and exist in this world right now, but we don't have a lot of media attention that's given to the plight of IDPs and we actually have, you know, IDPs on the continent of Africa, hugely all over Africa on our very own continent and it's something that we actually need to talk about and consider and think about and consider what the solutions are. And so before we went to the song break, we were also talking about some of the solutions and Ivana, I wanted to actually just touch on for a few moments, you know, what is happening in Mozambique because it is very, very close to, you know, home, very, very close to South Africa. A lot of people live out very close to the border and a lot of people as well as our MPs and as well as government is quite and very rightly concerned about the conflict that is happening in Mozambique, just this escalation of conflict and so many people obviously killed and now displaced. What have you witnessed that is going on in Mozambique and how serious is the situation for IDPs in that country?
1: Yeah, the situation in Mozambique is very worrying and we are following it very closely at IDMC. It's considered as one of the uh, fastest growing displacement crises in the, in the world. So uh, at the end of the, of the year 2020, we saw that there were nearly uh, 700,000 people living in internal displacement uh, because of the crisis in uh, Cabo Delgado in the northern province of the country. And uh, out of these seven hundred thousand, six hundred thousand were displaced in 2020 alone. So in the span of just twelve months, mm. which is more than a sevenfold increase on uh, on the number reported at the end of 2019. So you can see how how uh, quickly this crisis is growing. And uh, just before we published uh, our report uh, in May, uh, I'm sure you followed in the in the news the very concerning attack uh, on uh, the city of Palma. Mm. Uh, at the end of March, which displaced uh another seventy thousand people uh who were forced to flee into different uh different places including uh they were hiding in the bush and in in other open areas mm-hmm. and um nearly half of them were children, which is uh again very very concerning situation mm-hmm. and this uh attack on uh on the city of palma it's uh very concerning, also because it sort of marks a shift in the uh, displacement and, and violence in the in the country. Because previously it was mostly rural areas which were attacked, and now we actually observe that it's uh, most that it's uh, urban areas which get attacked, mm. and uh, those urban areas were mostly the refuge of IDPs. So many IDPs were already living there because they were fleeing the rural conflict. Yeah, and yeah. now we see that these places where many IDPs are sheltering are actually getting attacked, and these people have to have to flee again, and that's that's a big concern.
0: Mm. With, with regards to something like that, does the IDMC actually work and have partners on the ground that they work with? I know that, you know, obviously a lot of different organizations work on the ground and they really are getting involved and are helping people. So do you guys partner with organizations that work on the ground to help IDPs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We work very closely with our partners on the ground and uh, for example in the in the case of Mozambique, we work very closely with the UN agencies that are present on the ground but also other uh, NGOs and, and INGOs and we work very closely with them to see what would be the best way to um, simply to collect data on, uh, on the displaced people because uh, unless we understand how many people are displaced, where they flee um, and when they flee it's always difficult to uh, for any sort of response, so mm-hmm. the data is sort of the the basis, and then we collaborate with them on uh, on this topic, and um, and yeah, we we are in touch very very closely with them.
0: Mm. That is really, really amazing and really good. I love the work that you guys are doing and thank you so much for it. It's it's so incredible and so important because once we look, you know, sometimes we just hear something. But when we actually realize that there are numbers and we look at, at the data, we look at these huge numbers, I mean, we look at 700 700- thousand IDPs in Mozambique and we think that is a big number and we realize that each one of those numbers is a person and half of these are obviously and could probably well be children and we we think of that and we have to consider it and we have to think you know what are the greatest solutions and how can we be part of what's happening you know to bring about solutions and change and I also wanted to ask you something that is widely spoken about and I know that it's something that some people believing some people don't believing but you know when we talk about climate change we talk some people refer to a climate crisis that we have happening or just this climate change and some people believe in it they don't and we have all these theories but has there been an effect on people with regards to climate change has climate change been observed and seen in different parts of the world and people have actually felt its effects, so much so that people have become IDPs because of climate change. Is this something that you have witnessed?
1: Thank you for this very important question, and this is something we follow up on very closely, as you probably know the topic of this um, annual report was uh, climate change and disasters. Um, the, the conclusions we have found is that we observe um, many extreme events, which can be linked to the climate change. However, we cannot say that certain of them can be linked to the effects of climate change because mm. uh, we still have very little data to actually back up this any sort of these conclusions. We also see that many people get displaced by these extreme events. Mm. And what uh, and, uh, we would like to uh, call for it's more sort of to collect more more data when it comes to disasters and the duration of displacement after disasters because we usually see that when a disaster occurs um, or the... Um, uh, emergency actors come in they collect data so we know how many people are displaced but after the emergency phase uh, passes uh, mo- many of them leave and then uh, there is no follow-up um, data collection and therefore for us it's difficult to understand for how long people remain displaced after a disaster hit and then the lack of data uh, humpers uh, any further analysis when it comes to climate change, disasters and displacement, because we don't have simple enough data to say that certain disasters, certain displacement events are uh, directly linked to climate change and then others are not. So this needs more years of analysis and research.
0: Mm. Well and that's going to be really really interesting once you know the data can be collected and analyzed and looked at and over the next couple of years and maybe over the next decade it's going to be so interesting to see those numbers and going to be so interesting to read and to be able to really analyze it from a a data perspective and to look at it because again like we said there's so many different interpretations and different opinions and we need to know you know what's happening. Now I know that some people probably listening would be thinking to themselves. Okay, well, you know, there's a lot of conflict in Africa, so we understand that people are displaced and there's a lot of natural disasters that's happening and we know what's happening in Burma, so people are displaced there and we know that people are displaced in Asia. But one of the things that came out on the grid report that you guys released was such a huge rise and a big rise of IDPs specifically in America, USA, who, you know, obviously people look at and go, oh, well, that's this first world country, and they're doing so well with everything. But there's been a huge, huge rise in IDPs in the USA. And was that something that you guys didn't expect, or is it something that was kind of been happening for a while?
1: So this is something which has been happening for a while. Uh, USA is uh, usually among the top countries affected by intern displacement. However, there is this um, major misconception sometimes that intern displacement is affecting only countries in the the global south. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that disasters strike everywhere. So disasters also affect uh, countries in Europe or in the U.S and uh they drive many people from their homes it can be in forms of evacuations for example which are sort of preemptive displacement when people are um leave their homes before a disaster strikes mm. which um is a good example of you know preventative measures of you know which saves people's lives because they cannot stay in their homes when uh, Hurricanes come, yeah. so in, in many cases this is a good practice. We we see in the US, but also in, uh, in in India, for example, South Asia. So this is something we have been observing for a long time, and this is also something we are trying to draw more attention to. That internal displacement is a phenomenon which affects every country in the world.
0: Mm. I love that you shared that as well, because again, I think that because we don't have enough information sometimes as just, you know, ordinary people, we sometimes think, oh, well, it's it's easy to think oh, that these things could be happening in kind of what people would consider maybe poorer countries or, you know, third world countries. But it, it's not. It's happening, like you said, around the world. And it happens in Europe. It happens in the United States. It could happen in countries with really good economies and with a lot of things that's good for them. But it it doesn't mean that it's just happening out in Africa because it's hard here or anything like that. And I think that that's such a, a good frame of reference for us to know and to have. And Ivana, I want to ask you lastly, you know, what ultimately is is the hope moving forward? I truly believe we look at this and we're like, wow, th- there is so many people that are displaced. How do we even begin as individuals to think about this? You know, there are a lot of people in the world that want to help or, you know, they they want to know how do – what is the solution? Is it up to governments? You know, we see summits happening. We have the G7 summit happening right now. And we have all these different talks and climate talks and then we have talks about refugees. But is it up to, you know – politics, governments, big organizations like that to really get involved and to bring changes? Or is it up to, you know, the countries where IDPs find themselves in? Or is it up to individuals? What is the hope and the ultimate reality? Or is it all of those things working together?
1: Yeah, that's a very important question at the end. And, um, you know, internal displacement is the primary responsibility of the national government. So it's so all the affected countries who need to lead on the, on the response. And then they need to get all the support they, they need from the international actors and, you know, other, other countries in order to, to resolve this situation. And, you know, I think there is hope and we see a lot of good practices already happening and many of them on the African continent. We see that, uh, governments are adopting laws which protect IDPs and which try to deal with the issues, such as Niger um, uh, adopted a law just, I think, two years ago. Hmm. We see also uh, every year more countries which uh, adopt and um, uh, ratify the Kampala Convention, which is one of the most important legal instruments on the African continent when it comes to internal displacement and resolving it. We also see many countries, such as Ethiopia or Somalia, where the governments are engaging in... A, creating some sort of initiatives for solutions for idps and they are trying to see what's the best way to provide for the displaced populations in their countries Mm. and um we see every year that there are more of of these initiatives which are led by the governments which are supported by all the international actors and i think this gives us a lot of hope that uh, hopefully in the in the decade to come in the years to come the situation might, might improve and the global
0: figures which we see might start to to decrease Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because, again, that's the challenge, you know, national government getting involved and really, really bringing in. Legal things, laws and help and aid for IDPs within their own countries, and I think that that's just so powerful. we're going to leave that there, and Yvonne, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. It's been so incredibly amazing just to be educated on this and to hear so much of what you shared as well. And thank you so much and all the best for the incredible work that IDMC are doing, all the work that you are doing there and will continue to be doing for a long time. So thank you so much, and yes, just have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for having us. Have a good week. Thank you. I hope that you are feeling more equipped to deal with this reality today and to also have conversations about internally displaced people. And I think it's important that we continue to talk about this reality and this topic and know, like I keep saying throughout this show today, these are people and I reflect on a movie that came out a very, very long time ago. And it was actually kind of a documentary that had to do with, you know, the Jewish people that were killed in the Holocaust. And it was teachers who wanted to really, you know, share with the students what six million really looks like. We know six million Jewish people were killed in the Holocaust. And we know that sometimes when we look at numbers, it's difficult. Numbers are difficult because they're just, they're just numbers. We don't have people's names. We don't have their faces. When we see people's names or their faces, it becomes more real to us. But teachers at this particular school wanted to really give these children a sense of what six million is really like. So they took paper clips and they spread out six million paper clips and that really, really changed the perspective on what these children thought. They didn't just be thinking now, you know, these are six million, it's just a number. They began to realize the impact of this. And if we could take 55 million paper clips and lay them out, I think we would look at that and realize that this is a very, very big number, and it's something that we need to think about. And it's people's lives that we need to pray. We need to pray for them. We need to think about them, and we need to really, really just, you know, maybe it's not happening. IDPs may not be happening big time in South Africa. May not be our crisis that we have. We have many different kind of crises in south africa that we're dealing with but you know what our prayers are powerful and i want to urge you today even if you just decide you're going to just pray for all 55 million or you're going to just pray for one person today that has been displaced and has to leave their home nobody wants to leave their home it is very very difficult to leave just leave your village and to come back it's destroyed now find somewhere else to go with absolutely nothing livelihood is affected You know family members could have been lost during the conflicts the wars the natural disasters whatever it may be but i know that like ivana shared at the end and i love that there is always hope there are great countries doing amazing things getting laws done working along with IDPs and let us pray as well that more countries will do that more laws will be put in place more pressure will be put on for there to be changes and I really really do know that we have this power of praying we have this power of speaking into these situations and we have the power to you know create the awareness for these people's lives don't forget that many of them are our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And they've had to flee from their homes because of conflict, because of religious conflict, religious persecution as well. And so don't forget so many of them in that number. And so today I want to say thank you for joining me. It's been fantastic to be on voice of change, to be educated, to be you know enlightened as to what is happening in our world. And don't forget, It's not only about being the change. It's about making that change. No matter where we are, the most powerful thing we can do if we can't do anything physically. No, we have the power of prayer. And let us not neglect that for the people who need it today. Thank you for being with me as always. I love being with all of you on Voice of Change. See you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m